Let me tell you how it will be. We'll all catch up on the books you see. Cause it's the X-Men. Yeah, it's the X-Men. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 231 of the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast. I'm Jim, and I'm going to be talking a little X-Men tonight. In particular, the X-Men Stasis, Ten of Swords, Stasis number one issue. And it's going to be one of those, I don't know, is this podcast going to be like five minutes long? Who's to say? Who's to say? I am no soothsayer. I can't see into the future. Nobody's dealing out cards for me to know what's going down. So we'll see how it goes. We'll we'll make it a little more of a relaxing little, you know, non-formal type deal because, you know, it's just one book. And it's a book that a lot of people I saw before I read it myself were a little bit upset because they were calling it a cash grab, you know, a, a money Grab, I guess that's the same as cash grab. I don't know why I added that, but I was doing air quotes while I said both of those. But yeah, some people thought that it was necessary and that you really didn't move the story forward. Well, I, I agree and disagree. I don't agree to disagree. I agree and disagree because I'm that sort of guy. I'm just right there on the fence there. I'm not falling either way. We'll see when we get into this, but... It it wasn't the greatest of issues, but it didn't anger me. So at least we got that. But before we go into that, let me tell you, if you go over to the Twitters, you can find us at WS Marvel Comics. The WS stands for Weird Science, and it also stands for a commitment to follow everybody who follows us. You follow us, we follow you back. That's just how we do things. Common courtesy, I think that's a nice thing to do, and I'd like to try to at least Make myself think I'm nice That That's just it though Just on Twitter But you also can go over to our website WeirdSciencemarvelcomics.com Where we do reviews For most of the books that come out each week Most of the books are reviewed On Wednesday morning at 9am Eastern Standard Time Or as I like to say My Standard Time The best, right? Because I'm in the Philadelphia area Take that West Coast And when you do go there You might also see some previews, some news, but we're also allowed to drop some reviews earlier. Marvel will allow occasionally, you know, a couple reviews each week to drop on, say, Monday. In my mind, trying to beat out DC on that fancy new Tuesday release day, but they also release some on Tuesday as well. But one that I will be reviewing right after I'm done recording this will be Wolverine. Black, White, and Blood, number one. We're allowed to have already had non-spoiler reviews out there. So I thought, I'm going to give you a non-spoiler review right here. As bonus coverage, I'm going to tell you, if you're a Wolverine fan, eh, it's okay. It's it's some Wolverine stories in there. And guess what? It's done in black, white, and red. That's the blood. It looks great. Uh, and yeah, if you're a Wolverine fan, I think that you'll dig it. There is a very non-spoiler review. Now, me and Brandon are going to be talking about Wolverine Black, White, and Blood. But it looks like that will be on our Patreon, which leads me to our next deal. You can go over and support us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash weirdscience, where we do a lot of stuff. We have now, for as long as we've been doing it a couple of years, we have over a 1,000 podcasts that we have over there. 
there is plenty and more and more each and every day. We're insane like that. We're like crazy Eddie. It's insane. But one of the things that we do each and every week is our Patreon only spotlight. The Marvel Comics one is done by a poll. Two books are picked by the badasses that get fresh crew. Beep, boop. And with that, this week, it does look like it's going to be Wolverine, Black, White, and Blood, number one, and also U.S. Agent, number one, the Christopher Priest book. So if you would like to hear us talk about those, you can go over to the Patreon. And that review show, that drops Wednesday night, as well as our regular show. And to keep stretching things out, because we only have one issue to talk about, our regular show, I'm going to be joined again by Clay, who did an awesome job last week with me on Amazing Spider-Man, where me and him are going to be talking about Amazing Spider-Man 51LR, also Captain Marvel 23 and Avengers number 38. So I'm going to be joined by Clay, and I'm trying to convince him. I'm, I'm trying to, like, harangue him over and get him involved some more. So that'll be pretty cool. And also we'll have Drunken Brandon, the drunken pirate he is, We'll have him straight from Buffalo to talk his nonsense and probably offend everybody. But that's that for the beginning. Now that we all settled down, we're, we're sitting back drinking our cocoa. I know that a lot of people like cocoa with little marshmallows in it. I think that's ridiculous. I don't go for that stuff. It's hard for me to drink that. And sometimes you go to drink it. It's like drinking napalm. It gets stuck. gets stuck on your lip. You look like a fool. I don't want to look like no fool when I'm drinking my hot chocolate. I want to look cool because that's how you should look drinking your hot chocolate, right? Because every adult drinks hot chocolate. That's not just for kids. It's not tricks. What are you talking about? But we're going to go right now. We're going to talk about the whole deal here. This week, we only had one book from the Ten of Swords, and it is Ten of Swords Stasis number one. All right. And Ten of Swords Stasis number one is written by both Jonathan Hickman and Teeny Howard. I kind of got an idea of who did what, but we'll get to that in a minute. Art by Pepe Loraz and Mamar Dasar. Colors by Marte Gracia. And letters by VCs Clayton Cowles. Get this. Champions of Krakow were selected to retrieve swords to participate in a cross-dimensional tournament against the champions of Morocco. Now the swords are in hand, and nothing remains but what's to come. I mean, really, right there just shows you. And I think that that's where it started getting people pissed off. Like, you're like, all right, let's get this recap. What is this? Um, Nothing it remains but what's to come. All right, thanks, Mr. Obvious. I mean, really, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. But that's kind of what we got. And the thing that struck me, though, you know, I didn't get pissed off like some people. What got me is swords are in hand. I mean, yeah, we've seen the mutant side of things, which you would think. That's what we see, but we haven't seen the Arako side. And what I thought, and what I actually, when I'm reading these kind of reviews, and most of it was blurbs and stuff, I didn't want to get too many things spoiled, but not a lot of people write spoiler reviews nowadays. But I go and I'm looking at the comic book roundup, I'm looking at the blurbs there and the scores, and people are like, oh, we didn't get a lot. And, you know, we didn't get a lot. We didn't progress the story. We didn't. So I'm thinking to myself, man, I guess we didn't really see anything. With the Arako stuff and the swords But then I thought, well, maybe that's a, a clever way of doing this That it's a shock when we end up getting to the tournament And all of a sudden they're like, and next up uh, in this corner for the mutants It's Apocalypse, and fighting him in the corner for Arako It's blah, 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 right? 
And then you'd be like, oh, my God, these would all be the wow moments and the shocking things. But then I go into this and we do get to see, you know, who has the swords. You get to see their prophecy again. What, again, I said, and one of the things I complained about was I wanted more of the prophecy in each of the mutant side of things, which we didn't get. But we get the prophecy and we see kind of what's going on with them. And it kind of worries me a bit now that it, it just it lessens it a bit in my mind. And it's something where I thought we needed to see it before we get to the tournament. But now I am thinking, like, maybe it would have been a cool thing to be, like, you know, going on the mutant side of things as we were, like, having Cypher worried about who he's going to face. Oh, my God, who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? And then, you know, finding out, oh, my God, it's Red Root. You know, it's like that. It, but here we kind of get it, and you kind of get the, okay, I think they're going to go against them. They're going to go. We still have some surprises, I guess, to see who is against who and things like that. And we do end up going to see the awful Araco version of the circle. You know, when you have the circle on Krakoa, it's made by the actual remains of our rock slide. It's a good tribute. It's a nice deal. You go into Otherworld to see what the Iraqians are doing, and you're like, oh, it's made of bodies. It, it, yuck. It, it, it's pretty much Soylent Green. It's made of people here. And I don't know. You, you go pretty quick through that, though, so it's not even that much of a wild moment. And that's the thing that got me in this. It's not just that you really don't progress the story. You, you're filling in a couple blanks. You're filling in some spaces here that – I don't know. Did you really need them to be filled in? What I thought we'd get here, though, is at least, you know, a handful of these wow moments as we go from the first half of gathering stuff to get to the fireworks factory that is the actual tournament. And what this ends up being is, to me, you know, the final deal. It's the two minute warning. You got to get everything out there before you end up going here. And it it just kind of comes off as boring to me. And like I said, it's more of filling in the blanks. Oh, you know, you see some things and you go, yeah, I kind of figured that. Or, all right, what's going on? The first half, though, the stuff when you do see more of Araco, you end up starting out with Saturnine calling the houses and all of the people, you know, the leaders from Otherworld to do, you know, a little vote. Hey, everybody, we need a vote. We got to see what's going on. About our different kingdoms Can we cross borders It's you know it's a political Type deal that that's interesting Enough because we do Get to see all Of the worlds And all of the houses in the Whole other world which I were I wasn't familiar with so And granted I said at the beginning of all This ten of swords when we come out Of especially The whole Excalibur book I, because of the limited scope that we had in Excalibur, I was like, okay, there's Avalon and there's Saturnine. Like, that's it. Not realizing this whole big scope. So you get to see it. And again, though, is this because we're going to have these different worlds, these different leaders involved eventually as you have things going on during and after the tournament? And they're like, uh oh, we better get that because we never showed it yet in the story. I don't know, but you get to see it. It's interesting enough and does show that the whole deal with Araco pretty much destroying Dryador, it's not looked at as the greatest thing. And even with this 
kind of deal where Saturnine thinks of it as one way and all the rest of them do where you end up having Arako think of it as just, you know, no, 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 we didn't take over. We we destroyed it. We we claim it. it's now ours. It, this is nothing like we're taking a seat from somebody else. This is now just our deal. And, you know, you have the whole deal with the Menth and this, and that's going to work into this as well. As we go off to see the mutants now sitting around the circle, they're no longer just standing there looking at each other while they wait for the next person to show up, almost like it's the, you know, character select screen of a video game. Now they're just hanging. And then then they can say, like, oh, we're supposed to stand up and get in the circles again? Jeez. I mean, this is back and forth all the time. But you do see Apocalypse show up, obviously leading the way. And now he's going to give pretty much their idea of, all right, everybody, it's for all the marbles. You, you don't understand, but they're all like, we we do understand. We What you could tell us, we already know. If we go through this, we're going to have to fight. We're fighting as mutants for the Krakow of the world. But also, if we die, we ain't coming back right. All right. We're all, we're all on the same page. We have been. Let's go. And then you get a really cool page, though, as you hit this kind of middle section deal of the... Uh, prophecies of the sword bear, but also you see the reflections of Arako versus the mutants, and you can line them up, see who's who, what's what, but I think things will twist and turn and whatnot. But you then go off to pretty much see the Arako gathering of the swords. Now, it took us all 10 issues to get these damn swords for the mutants, and we're going to get them for Arako in a half an issue. It's a little diss. It's a little backdoor shade there. What it did for me, though, as I'm going through this, and you are going to go through, and it's cool, you know, when you go off Red Root, the forest, to get the alluvium, and then you go. As you're going through, I, I was thinking to myself, did we really, really need to do all those 10 issues? Now, some of the issues did other things, which I did like, but the Gathering of the Swords issue... This feels complete enough that maybe we could have lessened the other issues or maybe did more with those than just together because I have an issue with the, it feels fine to me. And so people saying, oh, man, I didn't like the stasis issue. It's a money grab. It's this. I actually was more angry at the amount of time it took us to get to this. Then once I saw this being done in a pretty succinct easy to follow, and, you know, decent enough way. And I'll say it by the end of this, even the parts that I think are Teeny Howard's, now this is kind of shit. I think that this is a well-done issue. It just, by this point, didn't have a lot to do. And so, yes, like other people said, but it was more the idea of, okay, you, you did most of your meandering around getting the swords already, so we hit here, and you have a very specific job. Get the Araco swords, and then get Apocalypse pissed off. That's basically what we're going to get. And then also show you can't go into each other's kingdoms when you're going around. But you end up gathering the swords. They're pretty cool. You can kind of guess from the things and even the swords themselves and that page that we already saw that I said was pretty neat. Who's going to face who? You can kind of start making your guesses of who's going to lose, who's not. I think that one of the most interesting parts of this was when they go to Ameth and get the sword purity from the white sword of the Ivory Spire. 
that actually is an extended part and I think that that is was really well done. I did like that, especially the Amenthians and the history that we had already seen in the other issues. And then also the whole idea of Genesis and the Annihilation Mess. All these things really seem to be setting up some cool things. And then by the end of this, even twisting it to the whole apocalypse thing where Saturnine seems to be throwing it in Apocalypse's face. And kind of laughing at him But I really did like the idea that You end up having You know this whole deal Where the Iraqis are so I guess desperate Or they so want these things so they, they have to compete that they will go To the white sword of the ivory spire And beg And, and beg and plead and, and pretty much offer anything To get Purity sort and all this into the deal And finally it is agreed on Then you go off to Araco itself To Iska the Unbeaten with the Mercy sort And again it, it is neat It is pretty neat seeing these things And when you go to death The black blown, bone of Umdot And when you have that grab by death All these things Pretty cool setting up all the things going on And then you end up getting that just horrific looking Champions shot of the Araco champions here, but it also, in my mind, when you're looking at these champions, you got really badass guys and gals here, and you're like, I don't know, the mutants are in trouble, but I think that that's what you're supposed to think. Well, then you end up getting a full page spread of the swords and the mutants that'll have them. You get their powers. This, to me, is a shortcut. This is like, okay, we we didn't have enough time to really set up. Enough for people to really know these So here's the cheat sheet Here's the cliff notes Let's move on And it does seem that that second part Then is the teeny Howard part Where you're going to deal a lot with Saturnine It starts with some Betsy You got Brian there You know, the whole Captain Avalon I still like the look And then go with the All right, everybody, Saturnine shows up All right, everybody, here you are You're my guest here So I can do whatever I want And hey, Wolverine, you think you're cool? I can snap my fingers. You will die, and you ain't coming back. I'll just make sure there's no Wolverine ever. It's it's a threat now that I think it's supposed to remind you that Saturnine isn't so hip on their side either. I think that you are supposed to remember, listen, she's not real down with the mutants either because you can sit there and think she's really not down with anybody from Morocco, but she's there and sends them off to their rooms, and they have cards the cards that we saw before the tarot cards and they start drawing them you know you end up with you know, some that are funny some that are like okay whatever but i did like cable has his and it's the fool really he's all mad but the one where you end up seeing apocalypse draw and sees that his card says death he crumbles it up he says and earlier he's talking to the mutants and they're like are we going to deal with this? Are we going to go through this portal deal, this whole circle, and start just killing people? Because maybe we should do that. To screw this whole contest. That's not us. Let's just go and, and do what we do. And Apocalypse, no, no, no. We're going to play the game until it doesn't suit us anymore. Then, then we'll, you know, wreck house. And when he sees this card and, and realizes, in my mind, that Saturnine's just playing with them. And, and him in particular, this whole deal where he's like, Yep, the game no longer suits me, crumples up the card. And the best part of this is that he then goes to Saturnine. He's not supposed to, but he does. He goes to, like, bust in, and she sees that the card 
that she gave him the tarot card, it got ruined by him. And she's like, man, that was a full set. You know, that's I was going to sell it on eBay. Can't sell it without the one. I mean, this is the whole deal. And she does end up remaking it while you have Apocalypse talk to her. And again, it, it's nice, well-done dialogue. I don't have any problem with the art here. I think that everything is well done. It's just, what are we really getting to get the story forward? I, I think that most people who are reading this already would realize Apocalypse is already torn between this whole deal with his family, Arako, all this, especially then his wife, who is going to have the Annihilation Mask on here. And that's what he's mad about. He's talking and Saturnine seems to be setting up her wow moment here where she says to Apocalypse, you're going to follow me. I'll talk to you while we go down this elevator and go to my next meeting, next meeting with Genesis with the Annihilation Mask. So it just sets up that whole deal. And yeah, I like the way that Apocalypse even says it, where he says, I know that helm. He sees the Annihilation Helm. I've seen it. Every night for thousands of years in dreams of rescue and revenge and nightmares of what I had lost and the things I would do to reclaim it. The violent horrors I would bring to my ancient enemy in the name of my eternal love. And now that it seems they are one and the same, tell me, tell me how. And remember the whole deal with everybody losing their mind about this whole retcon of apocalypse, all these things. I said, because I don't have as much of a connection as some with apocalypse didn't bother me, but. I figured we're going to get this as a story beat that will end up maybe being retcon, the retcon and things like that. But it's set up here so that Apocalypse can say that and say, tell me, tell me how. And you have Genesis, you know, the answer, husband of mine, survival of the fittest, right in his face. She says it. I think she's like taunting every fan of Apocalypse now. Now it's just, you know, now it's pretty much a diss fest, but it's okay. I'm not as angry as some people about this. You do get to see the champions of Morocco. That's something we've been missing. We needed to see that. I said I thought we were going to see it as they're kind of introduced, but that's fine. We get to see the swords. You get a cheat sheet about the powers, things like that. And then you, you get the whole feel of Saturnine starting to play that cosmic game of hers going on. I thought that it got a little too personal before in, say, the last Excalibur issue when you had that whole deal that didn't even seem like Saturnine was remembering the whole prophecy herself and her and Brian and all this. This gets me back to, oh, man, that's Saturnine. She's one cold bee, right? You get that, and that's what you kind of need if she's going to be there in between as the runner, you know, ref, anything, whatever of this. I think this does that well. And it gets, you know, where you're like, oh, man, Pacliff's going to be mad. But overall, it does not progress the story as much. And most people want to get to the tournament. They want. I'm with them. Uh, we're still on the bus. The fireworks factory is, is still in the distance. We might be able to see it now. Hopefully, we have our permission slip or we ain't going. But you end up, all right, there it is. We're going to get there. Hopefully, we do this coming week. Where we end up getting X-Men and Marauders, I believe, are the next one. Yes, X-Men number 14 and Marauders number 14. Hopefully, we're there. Hopefully, we arrive. We get out. We go in the fireworks factory. They actually have some demonstrations. We're doing fun stuff. So I, I can get into that. And, yeah, so there you go. I knew this was going to be a 
shorter episode, but that's what happens when you have one book. But thanks for listening. Oh, I didn't even give a score. I'm giving a 7.5. Just like a standard deal. To me, that's, you know, a standard issue. It's good. It's not great. It didn't get me angry. I could even go down to a 7. I would not go up to an 8, though, with this because of the lack of progression. But overall, not bad. I'm ready. I'm ready to get to this whole tourney. Let's get there. So thanks, everybody. And I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, Just some things that you can do besides the normal stuff that I say before. You can go over to Twitter. You can go over to iTunes or wherever you get this. But iTunes especially, give us a review if you enjoy the podcast. That would be nice. I never really pushed that. I just figured I'd say that right now. You go over, review it, you know, stuff like that. I don't know. Tell your neighbor about the podcast. You do a lot of things. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not really good at promoting stuff. I really am not. I. That's why I end up saying the same exact things because that's ingrained in my mind. But when you start trying to push things of how you can do all that, I don't know. I don't know. You know what the best thing is? Just keep listening. Also, we have a email. You can email us in. And if it is an email, we haven't really gotten any specific X-Men email that I would read on this podcast. But if you do have some X-Men Ten of Swords email, email us the same way at weirdsciencemarvelcomics at gmail.com. It's in the show notes. But if you want to do that, you can put, like, for the X-Men podcast. And I have a mail, again, coming up this week uh, for the regular podcast that I really enjoyed. And there's going to be a little unveiling of the mystery of why I say beep boop after every time I say get fresh crew. Beep boop. We'll see. We'll see what that's all about. I like the killing. Oh, my. There's wrong turn. I'm sure a lot of people on the Marvel side of things don't really get some of the things that we do because they are carryovers from 320 plus episodes of the DC Comics podcast, not even including side episodes and stuff. So there's stuff that I am so used to doing anytime it comes up on the DC side that it kind of ended up coming over here as well, including the Get Fresh crew itself and the beep boop and wrong turn and all of that. So that's all a mystery wrapped in an enigma in a whisper down the lane. But thanks, everybody. I hope that you did enjoy this. I am now going to go and review that Wolverine issue and then go to bed maybe after drinking hot chocolate like an adult, because that's what you do. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon.